the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is Cassie. And this is Jesse, And you are listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Ringside News, Sports Keto, the richest and the sportster. I am Lee Walker, and I am joined by the perched correspondent. You can find him at YouTube at Injustin. We trust, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host Justin Largetoe. Justin, what's up, my man? What's up, Lee? Uh, fine evening tonight. Getting ready for the WWE draft on SmackDown tonight. Main event, we have a WrestleMania main event rematch. WB Unified Tag Team Championships. The Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Will the Usos win back the titles? We're going to talk about it. Yeah, you know, while we're on it, let's just talk. Since uh, we're hours away from the draft. There was a lot to take in. Triple H said this is going to be a draft unlike any other. Expecting NXT call-ups. But I think, Justin, I want to talk about the most shocking thing that was announced that was announced on Monday Night Raw was Triple H introducing, I don't want to say a new championship, but it's more of a a revised championship with the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. You know, we got to see the belt on Monday Night Raw. It is essentially a remake of the WCW slash, you know, NWA slash WCW big gold belt. Yeah. More of a modernized version of it. I would say. Except it's got a big, ugly ass WWE logo in front of it. No, I don't, I don't mind that. Like a lot of people I saw online were taking issue with that. I really didn't take issue with it. The only reason why I take an issue with it is as you know, I am a, old school belt collector. My favorite belt is the Eagle Wing WWF Championship. I was a huge fan of the specialty belt of Stone Cold Steve Austin during the Attitude Era. Those are belts I own. The Intercontinental Championship from the early 90s, like when Ultimate Warrior had held it and had the different colored straps with yellow and things like that. And when he had the Eagle wing, it was blue and all these really odd colors, but it was really, really cool back then. It, the logo wasn't that big because the world heavyweight championship, intercontinental championship, it was more about what it is. The newer belt seemed to be more about the logo. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, their names on the belt. Back then you didn't have that. You know, they get the plate with their name on it. And um, for the W, you know, now purposes, instead of the names that they used to do for a while, now it's the, uh, the side plates. You get your own custom side plates. That I think is really cool, though. I really enjoy that. It's a great idea, too, because you can market off that and you can sell these custom side plates like they do now on WB Shop. And yeah, and make an extra 80 bucks off each set of side plates. And that's what it's about. So this is solely about logo and profit in my eyes as literally hours after introducing the belt on WWE Shop that very night, you could pre-order the new heavyweight championship. Yeah, you already pre-ordered one, didn't you? So, okay, let me let me explain this. <laughs> Where's your uh, WrestleMania Night One and Two chair? Go fuck yourself, asshole. Um, so I will be pre-ordering the title, or I may not pre-order. I should say, I was ready to order it Monday night, and then I saw in the description it's like, uh, this item will ship by October thirty-first, and I'm like, no, nah, I'll just wait and see when everyone else gets theirs. <laughs> Uh, you're not holding my money for six months sorry yeah no absolutely not um the reason why he introduced triple h introduced this new championship 
was because he was talking about the draft, if you remember. And he said, wherever Roman Reigns goes, uh, Roman will be permanent to that brand, whether it be SmackDown and or Raw. Which is like, okay. So his two championships will stay wherever he goes. So he will not be going over and defending his belt on both brands anymore. So they created apparently the working man's championship. Probably the best way to refer to it as. And maybe the consolation prize championship. That, that too. The, the, the no memes. one can beat Roman Reigns championship. <laughs> and the memes and everything in the Photoshop started coming like uh, there was one with Roman Reigns holding all three championships and he had the, the new one around his waist. I had made the one with Cody standing there and, and it, it's on his shoulder, you know? So like it already started and everyone was, you know, bringing up names. Oh, this is clearly Cody's belt or uh, it, this one's going to be for Seth Rollins. Personally, if it's Cody Rhodes, then this is not the way to end the story. Yeah, man, I've been thinking about it the last few days since the title was introduced. And, you know, at first I had the instinct like, oh, this is going to be Cody's title, you know. That's why they didn't have him win at WrestleMania, which was, you know, looking back on it and all this is pretty fucking dumb. And you could have just split the titles, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about that now. I, th- I think uh, if I had to pick somebody, I, I say Seth Rollins is the first champion. The guy's been the workhorse of that fucking company for the last two, three years, you know? And unfortunately, during all that time, Roman Reigns has had the title. So Seth hasn't really gotten a fair shake. He had the U.S. title for about a month, and, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot with it. So... I, I I see Seth Rollins being the first champion and starting this new lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship. And I see it, if they do, they haven't said how they're going to determine this champion. I imagine it's going to be a tournament. Some some kind of tournament. Yeah, it's got to be a tournament. Hands down. I, I that's the only way to do them nowadays, is, is tournaments. I mean, there is one way you could do it. Bring back. Bring back. The championship scramble match. I knew you were going to say that too. <laughs> it's the it was the it was it's an awesome match, man. In, in WWE twelve, man, it was my that was my favorite match to play, favorite match. And two K, please put that match back in the game. I know it only had like one time in real life, but it is such an incredible match. Uh, at least in the video games, you know, it was it was extremely fun to to be part of and do all that. So. Now we hear about this new championship. Not much details on how to to get a new champion crowned for it. Who do you think, and what do you what do you think about the drafts? What names do you see being brought up from like NXT tag team split? I mean, we're hours away from it. We might as well talk about it. Yeah, uh, so night one of the draft is SmackDown. Obviously, they'll do the rest on Monday for Raw. But uh, I meant I brought up a few NXT names last week, and you know, after watching NXT, their spring break-in show this past uh, Tuesday night, I think Grayson Waller is definitely going up to the main roster. And I said it last week; I'll say it again. He should go to the opposite brand of Miz because they're way too much alike. And if they're on the same brand, more than likely they're going to be get paired together. I think Roxanne Perez and Zoe Stark are guaranteed women to head to the main roster, maybe even Katana Chance and Caden Carter for the tag team division. Uh, you know, they were killed off this past week on NXT. They were thrown out into the river sleeping with the fishes. The best tag team in all of WWE right now. Yes, boy. Pretty deadly. We'll be headed up to the main roster in this draft. So you got a little bit of variety here. And with NXT, I, I definitely see more, or uh, what's the word for it? I definitely see quite a few call-ups come from NXT. Hopefully that doesn't, like, kill the fucking brand like they did one of the years. 
think it was 2016 where they called up like all their fucking women and NXT was pretty much left with Asuka and no one else. Uh, and then literally no one was ready for Asuka. Re- re- literally. That's why she had the title so fucking long. They couldn't find anyone to challenge her. <laughs> um, but I think you and me both agree Street Profits are done in this draft. Yeah. And especially because if you listen, like, Corey Graves was just talking about it too much. Corey Graves wanted you to know this was the last time we might see the Street Profits. Yeah, like, he was really harping. Like, I swear to God, the man said it like twice before they even entered the damn ring. You know what I mean? Like, right. You're just like, all right, thanks for making it obvious. Like, shit, man, calm down. Another team I could see splitting, and I really hope they don't, is Alpha Academy. Just because I really enjoy what they're doing, and they're a great fucking team all around, I think. Um, well, here's the, here's the thing that I talk about all the time when it comes to the draft. You know, we're aware that there's a Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty to every tag team, but the Street Profits are a phenomenal tag team. Alpha Academy, phenomenal tag team. Realistically, there's no Marty Jannetty there, but there's always one that's of greater value. Right. There's one and, that has more success than the other. And, and for all intents purposes here, in, for the Street Profits, it's Montez Ford. No doubt. No no but, offense to Will Dawkins. We've, we've given him his due recently, and... We've acknowledged that he's been improving, whether it be his physique and his in-ring work. You know, if if this is the end of the Street Profits, I hope things go good for him on his own. But we'll see. It's all going to depend on what they give him because he is good on the mic. He's good in the ring. It all depends on what they give him because, you know, what they did with him in NXT for 10 years did not work. Right. Until pairing him with Montez Ford. So... Hopefully he's able to come into his own fortition and and like really make a a singles career. And I will hope that one day the Street Profits become a tag team again. Now, I, I, I never agree with splitting up tag teams like this, but Alpha Academy, I feel like we're going to see a downfall in Otis here being split. You know, when, when he's here's the thing when they split heavy machinery up, you knew Tucker was fucked. That that boy didn't even get a chance, and I fucking feel for him. Yeah, you knew he was, you knew it was over before it started as soon as that draft was coming. Earlier in the year, we were told Otis was going to have a more serious role, which is seemingly what we had gotten with him part of Alpha Academy. Mm -hmm. Heavy machinery, he was a funny guy. You know, now seemingly pairing him with the the, the male model crap. It's not crap, but the maximum male models. With Mansoor and uh, the other one, Mace, or whatever his name was. Uh, Mansoir and Masse. Thank you very much. So, Otis. Otis. I I would say that that group goes to SmackDown. Chad stays on on Raw. But I don't think Otis gets drafted with maximum male models no it would have to be separate and i think that's how you get your tie-in with the two but here's the thing too i just brought up the fact of pretty deadly coming up in the draft they're another one where i feel like you would have to switch the maximum male models to another brand because the gimmicks are so similar or you're gonna have them feud together right that's what i'm but then you also think of even though they haven't been on tv you still have Los Lafarios, Humberto and Angel, who also have kind of that uh that pretty boy gimmick. So it's is it too much of the same thing? You know, you know, it's it's weird. It w- it would be if you have all three of them on the same brand. It would yeah. yeah. I forgot about them to be honest with you. They haven't been on TV in a long time. Well, it's cuz they suck. Wow, fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like it 
they're that tag team does nothing for me. They're they're the perfect jobber team. Wow. They're, they're the team that won't go anywhere because I after all, there's got to be a tag team that loses. They're it. Um. Yeah. You know, really, what they needed to to keep them relevant was Zelina Vega. Yeah, and now she's with I mean, the, think, the other Latino tag team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, think about it. You have the LWO, so like, say like, what happens if you know they get drafted to Raw? What are the they're going to be the only ones not part of the group? You literally put like the whole Spanish community I mean, part of the LWO. Like, they might throw them in. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, just saying, like. Uh, here's a question. I would probably say Pretty Deadly goes to Raw if that's going to be the case. That's what I'm thinking. They can work with the Miz. Well, let's not let's not go that far, but or just stay uh, on like main event. Do you see any champions changing brands? If you see the Intercontinental Championship go, U.S. titles going with it. Yeah, you see the swap there. I highly expect Roman Reigns to be the first person drafted. He has to be. Tonight. Like, no question. So, I'm going to say no. I you don't see, see champion. I think they do. I think they're going to switch the mid-card titles. I mean, I feel like if you put the Intercontinental Championship on Raw, yeah, I don't know. I always feel like Raw's like, the main show, but SmackDown's been always has been doing better for a while. But yeah. Raw, Raw and SmackDown both have like a different feel to them to me. No, they definitely do. You know, I feel like I feel like Raw should have the Intercontinental Championship on it. To be honest with you, and the United States Championship should be on SmackDown. So if that happens, I yeah, I'd be okay with that. Now that I think about it. Well, the way I'm kind of looking at it is, Gunter's obviously had the IC title for a while now. Theory's had the U.S. title for about six months now. I feel like it would be good to switch them and also give them fresh opponents if they're going to keep the titles a little bit longer, personally. Yeah. That's that's just how I'm looking at it. And if Gunter gets drafted to Raw, you got to imagine all of Imperium's going to head over there. They'll probably all get drafted together, to be honest with you. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean... Or that could be a thing where they don't get drafted together, too. You know what I mean? Oh, you tease me. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do there? Because that could happen. Well, I'll pray for uh, Kaiser and Minchie for the rest of the fucking year. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would have to. Which which no sucks. They're a great team, too. It, it's... Yeah. yeah I feel like without Gunter, that fucking shit would fall apart. <laughs> You're not wrong. So hopefully we uh, have some interesting things happen in the draft. Could you imagine if like a legend gets drafted? That'd be pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about what's really on everyone's minds. Where's Gable Steveson going to end up? You mean the guy who's going to continue to wrestle? Well, he's been on Raw the last two years. Oh, yeah. He was drafted to Raw, so. And he had how many matches? Zero. Yeah, I'm not too worried. The hype is gone on that dude. I, I think he's appeared more on SmackDown than he has Raw, actually. <laughs> he's not going to stand a chance. He's got no charisma, no personality there. They're going to have to do a, a lot of work on him, to be honest with you. It's great that he's an amateur wrestler and olympics and this and that but like he's he's good if you can't talk on the mic like i said well the only, the only person that could get away with that was rob van dam his brother is an nxt so maybe they put them together as a team and go from there but probably I, I mean i'd like to know where titus o'neill gets drafted too while we're at it uh <laughs> Uh, when when's he gonna have another match? Is the question. Yeah, yeah, very true. 
Very, very true. Hey, you want to talk about some interesting news? Let's hear it. What do you think about uh what do you think about Trinity Fatu and the rumor that she's going to Impact Wrestling? I think it's a great pickup for Impact. Hundred percent. I agree. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to meet Trinity Fatu. Oh, that's why you fucking brought it up, asshole. Which you can go to our YouTube page at Perched on the Top Rope on YouTube and watch, basically watch me get to meet Trinity Fatu at WrestleCon. It was a really cool experience. She was really, really awesome, Justin. She actually spent quite a bit of time with me. I was quite shocked. and I mean, she had her phone out, and I had asked about her custom championship when she had it if you remember yep so what she told me was it was just a uh the commemorative championship belt that she had bought and sent it to this lady i'll put the the script i'll put the link in the description and stuff and so she she gets on her phone and she's showing me she's trying to find like the lady's website and stuff and she's got like all this like different stuff and she's like you know different websites of like glowing jackets and things like you know stuff that she's used in the ring and stuff like that and she's like yeah, i've bought from all these places so then she finds she finds the lady and uh told me about it told me how much it cost justin how much do you think it cost naomi to have that custom glowing belt it better not be uh, fucking less than a replica in WB shop. It was fifteen hundred bucks. She said, "Oh shit, okay." Well, so <laughs> at least it's not less than a replica. <laughs> I'm thinking about sending a belt in to do it. Do it. Fuck it. I I honestly like. I loved that women's championship. I really did. I really, I thought it was really, really cool. I thought the the concept was really cool. By the way, Trinity's Fatu uh, Fatu screen is like wickedly cracked. Unless, I'm, I mean, unless it was like the screen cover that's like cracked, but I'm pretty sure it was like the screen itself. Wasn't fueling the glow. Apparently not. <laughs> but I think it's a great thing for impact. I would say for her herself, though, I mean, she'd been, you know, the rumors were she had been backstage at, I believe it, NWA, GCW, New Japan, and AEW. She had definitely been backstage at New Japan with uh, Mercedes. I just find it weird. How come no one wanted to? You know, I would like to know the reasoning behind going to Impact, but I'm happy for Impact because we talked about this last week that Impact is on the rise. We're seeing larger crowds, sellout crowds for pay per views, phenomenal matches. They've always given great matches in Impact, we've always had that. Well, so he's picked up Nick Aldis as well this past week. Yeah, they picked up Nick Aldis, and uh, we kind of talked about this with Triple H. It really had seemed highly in favor that Nick Aldis was going to go to WWE along with Jay White, who went to AEW. So, you know, the, the question was kind of pre- asked. By Triple H not picking these guys up, is this a fail on his end? Yeah, you know, like I said, it, I don't know what the issue, what the disconnect is with WB and Nick Aldis. It, it's just a matter of, I feel like somebody in that creative room or in that office just has some kind of problem with them. And I don't know if that's Triple H. I don't know if that's Vince. I don't know if that's Bruce. I don't know if it's Kevin Dunn. I have no clue who that would be. But... I think the best chance that he had to get signed, other than obviously this recent free agency that he uh, came about, was when Mickey James was recently with the company. You know, 
but that didn't happen. And that also, I don't know how long Nick Aldis' contract with the NWA was over the last few years while Mickey James was working with WB. It, it could have extended throughout that entire time for all I know, but you know, it feels like they have they had quite a few chances to grab him and snatch him up and get him under contract, and they've they've not felt the need to do it for some reason. Yeah, it's been it's been quite the road for Nick Aldis, but I'm excited for him to, in Impact and you know see what happens. So it'd make him a baker if he signed with WB. Uh, Nah, man. Like, he's always dressed in nice suits like Cody and stuff like that. They'd give him a a law resistance type gimmick. (laughs) Well, I was going to say they'd give him like a TL Hopper, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy type gimmick where he's doing some sort of dirty ass job. (laughs) Know what I mean? Or like in WCW when Jim Duggan was a janitor. He'll be he'll be the new real man's man. <laughs> <laughs> he'll take Regal spot as the real man's man now, huh? Chopping wood and shit. Right. <laughs> oh God. Well, fans, make sure you tune in to the uh, WWE draft on SmackDown, and then make sure you tune in Monday when they finish the draft to see what happens with all of that. Now we've talked a little of that. We've talked a little impact. Justin, let's let's bring it back to full circle with WWE. Last night, some like really interesting, not last night, a couple nights ago, some really, really interesting things. Interesting is a is quite the word for it. Okay. Some rather controversial things came to limelight la- uh, the other night. I don't know why I keep thinking it was last night. It was the other a couple nights ago. <laughs> Justin, I'm gonna let you uh talk about this because you know more about it than I do. And oh yeah, when this came fans, out, I was you're digging. in for you're in for a wild one. Okay, so anyone who's not aware of this, WV has a new lawsuit against them. This one, uh, was brought by. A former writer on the WB creative team. Uh, if I have my timeline correct, she worked on the creative team from late 2020 all the way up until WrestleMania time last year. So this was uh, around the time of WrestleMania 38 in Dallas. Now, uh, the writer's name is Brittany Abrams. And this is actually kind of appropriately. Do you know why Brittany Abrams was let go from the company? I do not. So apparently she was let go because she brought home a WrestleMania 38 chair and she was not supposed to do that. That's what she got fired for? That's what it says in this lawsuit and what's come out. But she rebuttals that in the lawsuit because she says uh, other white male writers were allowed to take chairs home. But she was not. Oh, shit. So, let's dig right into this, because it's already at a pretty bad start. Uh, A few of the pitches in the creative uh, meetings were brought up in this lawsuit, and you may get offended, everyone, and I'm sorry, but that's what's what's in here. Let's talk about the big one, Lee, because I want to dig right into this. So a idea was pitched to do a love triangle angle. Yeah, yeah, love triangle angle. That that sounds fucking weird, but anyway, it was going to be with uh, Aaliyah, our favorite wrestler, uh Angel Garza and Mansoor, who is obviously now known as Mansoa. Uh so Mansoa or Mansoor was going to have a have a relationship with Aaliyah on TV. But he had a secret that he wouldn't want Aaliyah to find out. Lee, do you want to know what this secret was? You'll never guess. I, I got nothing. Go ahead. So the secret would have been that Mansoor was behind the 9-11 attacks. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. That's what it says here. Mind you, they fired Muhammad Hassan, who's 
now a principal in Fulton, New York, for basically talking about bombs. And then a few days later, the London bombings happened. So the fact that this would even be a thought after like literally firing a wrestler and, and that is just so much backlash. No. Oh, you All know right. who would have you know who would have really enjoyed this storyline? Vince Zelina Vega. You know, seeing as her dad passed away in 9-11. Yeah. You know who else would have really enjoyed it? Fox. I bet they would have enjoyed it. Oh, they would have loved it. You know who else would have really enjoyed it? Probably Saudi Arabia. You know, since their guy's being portrayed as a terrorist. Oh, no, because then when they go over there, they would want the championship on him. <laughs> Get ready, everyone. Night of Champions. Mansoir, first world heavyweight champion. Anyway, uh, as crazy as it sounds, man, I believe this is fucking real. And this was actually pitching a creative meeting. And I'll tell you why. If you remember in late 2021, Mansoor was feuding with Mustafa Ali on TV. And then Mustafa Ali kind of went away for a bit. And the reason for that being was that a creative idea was pitched to him. And he was not in favor of it and he was completely against it. About two months later, Mustafa Ali requests his release because of it. And obviously they wouldn't grant him his release and he came back. And he's on TV now doing whatever the fuck he's doing. But I guarantee you this is the fucking creative pitch that almost made him fucking get released. And he said, no, I'm not doing it. Guarantee you. Yeah. But it doesn't end there. Because there's a lot more. So, a pitch was made for a black male wrestler to dress in drag. Uh, The name brought up was Reggie, if you remember him. He's wearing a mask calling himself Scripps on NXT TV now. He was going to dress in drag and team with Carmella in women's tag team matches. I absolutely could see that. I could have seen them putting the fucking women's tag titles on them. I mean, Santina Morella. Yeah. Honestly, that's probably the least terrible one in here, but... I mean, the only reason why it comes off as terrible is... There's an obvious reason. Right. And we don't need to talk about it. Right. But there's an obvious reason there. But don't worry, there's more with Reggie. He 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 wasn't just singled out in one one part of this. Oh, he was singled out in multiple, huh? <laughs> so, so let's pick on the gay a, black man. There was another another pitch for there to be a hunting gimmick, which I guarantee you would have went to Shane Thorne. Because if you remember, he did a dark match where he was like an Australian crocodile hunter. Yeah, I remember that. So the pitch was, instead of hunting animals, he would hunt black male wrestlers. One of which being Reggie. <laughs> and the, 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 the fucking segment every week, or what it, the idea would have been, was he would capture Reggie, beat him up, and then Reggie would eventually escape. An idea was also pitched for Reggie to be put in a cage. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. This is listed in here. <laughs> wow. well, let's take, let's take a break from Reggie. Let's let's move on to the Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. So oh, okay. apparently, this one is multiple instances they tried to do this one. Uh, Bianca Belair was handed multiple scripts and refused to say a line in in them that was constantly being put in every week. The line? Do you want to know what the line was that she didn't want to say? It's gotta be something fucking racist. Well, the reason she didn't want to say it was because it would make her look, or make her sound ghetto, was the reason listed in this Yeah, so it's some stereotypical racist shit. What what was it? The line was, "Uh uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. So some stereotypical racist shit, yeah. And she refused it at least three times, it says. Wow. Yep. Okay. What else we got? There's one more, and this one actually did make it to TV. 
Uh, Apollo Crews. Oh, can I guess? Oh, I bet you know already. <laughs> so, I'm guessing it has to do with him changing things up and having a Norwegian or whatever it was accent, Nigerian accent. Ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won, Johnny. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you won a perfectly signed the Brian Kendrick ringside exclusive elite courtesy of Captain's Corners. That was nice of you to give that away. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so that obviously did make it to TV, and Brittany Abrams, the one uh, who made this lawsuit, actually complained about it, saying it was way over the top, exaggerated, and stereotypical. But they did it anyway. Obviously, Apollo Crews is not doing that gimmick anymore since he's gone back to NXT, but it was on TV for about a year. Yeah, I remember it very vividly. But that is all that is listed in this lawsuit. Obviously, it wouldn't shock me if anything else came out. But I'm reading this, and I'm like, who, like, even if this is joking in a creative meeting, if all this stuff is joking, who thinks this shit's okay? You know? Dude, I, I don't have an answer on that one. Like. There's a lot of instances where you can go back in time and see a lot of this shit. Like, prime example, when uh, you can go to you, go to YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope and listen to Rob Hockman in my interview with him, former WWE writer, former host of this show. You know, when, when we talked about it, he didn't even know that WWE.com had put out like a statement about crime time making their uh, vignette debut that night. And you know what, what to expect that it's, it's a Saturday night live type of skit based off stereotypes. Like now, now in today's age, that shit wouldn't fly. There's, there's plenty of, of others, uh, that, that you could look at in the same limelight. And it's uh, it just a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly. Like Mr. Hughes in AWA when he's told to just go out there and juke and jive like all black people do. That's in our interview. There's just so much. You know, WWF with Saba Simba. That whole gimmick in itself, Jesus. Um, there's just a, and there's more and more and more and more, but you could have, you could, we could do a whole show about. Well, about it's that. funny, it's funny you bring that up because we have literally talked about off air the idea of doing a show where we just talk about a bunch of things WWE would not get away with today. Guess what? Add five more to the list. And these didn't even make TV. <laughs> well, you know what? Next week's show, that's what next week's show is going to be. We're not going to talk about news. We're that's just going to talk about we're just going to talk about things in the past that would not make TV today. Okay. Why not? <laughs> you know. I mean, unless like some big news happens, we'll throw that in there too, but that'll be the bulk of the show. I like that idea. Let's do it. Why not? You know, there's there's so much that it's it's absolutely insane um yeah that's quite the lawsuit dude like <laughs> i mean we could bring up another lawsuit while we're at it you remember rocket con oh my TNA. god yeah that was reported this uh this past week so fans if you don't know about this one rocket con former tna talent but also former wwe talent she was paired with the bashams when she was with uh wwe she was given the go-ahead to sue and she is literally suing everybody including chris benoit yes 
including Chris Benoit. So other names include now this is absolutely wild because I don't know where all of these people would be in like the same room. Jim Cornette. Okay. Uh, he, he was, uh, I believe he was head of TNA creative around the time she was there. So there, there's that. That makes sense. Ms. and Maurice. Don't know where that comes in. Chris Benoit. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I believe uh, Michael Jordan is on the list. Don't ask me about that one. <laughs> he is. He's on the list. So, uh, like I said, there's a lot of names on there that make absolutely no sense at all. And Jim Cornette talks about it on his, his show on YouTube. You guys can go to the Jim Cornette experience and listen to it. But, I mean... What the hell? Like, and it's it was um she's suing because of for her and her child like endangerment and like supposedly people trying to kidnap them. Like, what the fuck? That my honest opinion that is a case that's a waste of time. But this WWE case really sounds like there's something there. Like I said, I believe that first one with Mansoor was. I believe that actually was pitched. I really do. With Mansoor, Lee, and uh, Angel Garza. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. By the way, I do have the list of uh, everyone Raka Khan is suing. If you want me to kind of go through it. Yeah, let's go through it even more. Okay, so the state of Texas. <laughs> okay. The El Paso Child Protective Services. Okay. The FBI. The Las Cruces, New Mexico Police Department, the NYPD, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the New York ACS, Omega, what is the fuck is this? Fee Fraternity Incorporated? I don't know. Shirley Police Department, Sigma Phi Epsilon, I think that's pronounced, uh, Suffolk County, New York, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Miz and Maurice, Heath Miller, which is Heath Slater. Don't I have no fucking clue where that comes in. Uh, Nikki Bella, I guess Brie Bella was safe though. <laughs> Chris Benoit, Mark Mark Jindrak, uh, Panda Energy, which is the uh, energy company that had uh, ownership of TNA uh, from uh, the Dixie Carter days, we'll call it. Home Depot for some fucking reason. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, the FCW, Steve Kern, the NWA, Billy Corgan, Deep South Wrestling, the Bank of America, Michael Jordan, several universities that aren't even listed, Jim Cornette, Mick Foley, the New York City Area Energy Company, uh, Edison, and that's not even all of it. There's more. <laughs> Someone's off the deep end or somebody really needs money. I'm going to say the latter of the two. I'm going to say both. <laughs> Probably. <100%. laughs> so that is uh, quite interesting there. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. So I brought this up last week, Justin, with CM Punk. And uh, I definitely want to say it's becoming more and more of a realization that CM Punk is coming back. Oh, he's absolutely coming back. To AEW. But it was really interesting because apparently he showed up backstage at Monday Night Raw. After all, it was in Chicago. Honestly, man, I feel like that's kind of a power play on his end. Well, it was a power play that didn't last long because he got booted or was asked to leave. Yeah, Mustachio didn't want him. Which is interesting. Because he did talk to uh, 
his good old buddy there, Paul, Triple H. Not, not Paul Heyman, Paul Levesque. <laughs> and and uh, Paul Levesque basically had to say, hey, I got to see if it's okay for you to be here. And uh, a couple minutes later, Bill Brooks found out it was not okay. So he couldn't just dance. Da dootin dootin just dance. He did not spin that record, babe. What, Lady Gaga? You sound like Rocket Con, like throwing out random fucking names. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> so that's actually rather interesting, especially him talking to uh, his good old buddy Triple H. Apparently, he spoke to the Miz too, and they uh, they squashed whatever beef there was between them. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm still a CM Punk fan. If I wasn't, I wouldn't have just gotten his AEW one of 5,000 chase figures. That figure is so last year. You're right, because now it's all about his new figure that's coming out to ringside collectibles. The blood and guts with him and MJF. So, in my eyes, that's how I, like, I don't care about the dirt sheet saying him and Tony Khan have had a meeting, him and Chris Jericho have had a meeting, this meeting, that meeting, blah, blah, blah. You're still making action figures of the guy. You can't tell me he's not coming back. They, You got to remember, Phil Brooks owns the CM Punk name. So he gets paid a lot more money than a than other people do in the, in this sort of aspect when it comes to merch and things like that, Justin. Knowing that if I would, if I was Tony Khan, I'd cancel that figure. Well, he, here's he wasn't the coming back. Here's the thing. So it's one thing for them to release these figures. Cause obviously we still had Cody Rhodes figures coming for a while after he had left the company. But the fact that these were announced and then they got pushed due to the media scrum incident and now they are coming out and they're not being pushed again is obviously a sign of something. Right? That's how I'm looking at it. Okay. So, I mean, I just... I, he's coming back in my eyes and... I would honestly say that the date he's coming back is the AEW show in June because it's in Chicago. I believe that's the uh, the go home show to uh, full gear or not full gear. Jesus Christ, Forbidden Door. Well, what a way to open it up than bringing back CM Punk, right? Here's the question: Does he have a match at Forbidden Door? I'm sure they'll have a match for Matt Forbidden Door. You think they do the uh, CM Punk and Tanahashi match that was supposed to happen last year? Could be a possibility. Very well could be a possibility. But I mean, the the, the rumor of, of Punk coming back, though, is a little disheartening. Because it sounds like they're going to split up the roster a little bit. Now, before the show, everybody, Justin blessed me with the most amazing news ever. You were upset. I saw a tear. AEW has canceled one of their YouTube shows. AEW Dark Elevation. Yeah, I shed a tear because I was laughing so hard because I was happy, crying of crying tears of joy that I don't have to watch match after match after match after match after match. Not like I watched anyway, to be honest. Well, now you can just watch Ring of Honor every week. No. That's also match after match after match. I don't need that. I need, I need storylines and I need reasons. And uh, no, I don't need that. Just saying. 
Not interested. That that's part of the reason for uh, Dark Elevation and the uh, cancellation. Because the last time they taped Dark Elevation was when I actually I was there in Long Island, and instead of just doing it as like one episode, they split it into two, so they could tape Ring of Honor in the place of Dark Elevation before Dynamite. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Anyway, uh, Dark Elevation is no more. We're getting a new Saturday show at 8.05. Oh, no, wait, that's WCW. They did 8.05. I thought we were talking about WCW. Oh. <laughs> so, Saturday nights. Not too keen on the time slot because it's a Saturday, but is what it is. What time is it on, Justin? Is it 805 or 605? I don't remember. Something 05. Well, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure no, I'm pretty sure it was 6 I'm pretty sure WCW was 605. I think it was 605. But while we're talking about WCW, just a little message to everyone out here. Mattel Creations recently announced the WCW Nitro stage. We need at least 5,000 backers to get this stage made. We haven't moved very far. We are a little over 2,000 at the time of this recording. 42% funded. I've given up my dreams of this hitting 11,000. I've given up my dreams of this hitting 9,000. I don't think it's even going to hit 7,000. But for the love of God, people... If this WCW Nitro set does not get made because you are not pre-ordering or you are not funding it and I don't get my Ultimate Edition Big Bad Booty Daddy Scott Steiner Well listen here the numbers don't lie and they're going to spell disaster for you at sacrifice So get on Mattel Creations we have one week. Get it to 5,000. Hell, make, prove me wrong. Get it to 7,000. Get it to 9,000. Get it to 11,000. Let's get the whole set. But let's get this funded. We are currently at 2,134 backers. We are 42% funded. And what worries me, it hasn't moved in like a week. I think, unfortunately, it's the price tag. I think that's what it is, too. Um, the new generation, when they did this, for the WWF slash E entrance, was 250 and also came with a ring. This is 400 does not come with a ring. But, ladies and gentlemen, you can, at Perch on the Top Rope on YouTube... You can actually see this stage up close and personal on the WWE Superstore vlog. This stage, it's massive, but you can uh, customize it, make it smaller. Hell, you can make it bigger, but it's fucking huge. And the figures are great. And to be honest with you, it, it needs to hit. 11,000 backers, but I again in eight days, I don't see that happening. Well, and now it's seven days, but it ends May 6th. So please, please go to Mattel.creation or wow, Jesus, go to creations.mattel.com and back this. Please, please, please just get us to 5,000. I will take a yeah. Scott array in the stage, but I do not want to miss out on this. I personally don't know where the hell I'll put it. I was I was going to say probably behind you at the bar, but I don't even know if that'll work. I don't know how. I've got all this WWF Hasbro stuff behind me. I mean, my new gen in the ring and everything is still in the bot Mattel box, so. So is mine, actually. Your whole room's in a box. Well, fuck off. I know, okay? Sorry, since I've been adding stuff, mine's not much better. Yeah. 
So anyway, fans, if you go to episode 133, there is an interview with Chubby Dudley. And the question asked is, who was the reason why Chubby Dudley left ECW? And I'm going to give you a hint. It was somebody who was part of the Dudley family. Now, if you can answer the question on Facebook, facebook.com slash person on the top rope, you will see the interview. Comment below who it is, and we will send you a free Chubby Dudley autographed card. Justin, the answer will surprise you. Not going to lie. Hmm. Not going to lie. Not going to lie on that, Justin. It's uh, quite interesting. And we had a, a, a great interview. So, fans, that's up on the podcast right now. It'll be coming up next week on YouTube. Little snippets from the interview. So, make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out Justin's vlog. Hang on. Don't you close out this fucking show without talking about some fucking big news, you asshole. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I well, cut I, you I, off. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I wasn't closing the show out. I was just promoting, but okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It seemed okay. like in that direction. But anyway. um, Okay. You want to talk about another big return to AEW this week? Yes. Or not a return, but a debut. Yes. Let's talk about a, a man we didn't even know was out of his contract in WB. Man a man who was still on the WWE roster page? Up until uh, after Dynamite got off the air last night. If you don't know who we're talking about, folks, Roderick Strong is all elite. And nobody saw it coming. You know, it was real interesting because when I was on Twitter that night looking it up and seeing everything, not even the biggest names in the dirt sheets like Sean Ross Sapp knew this was happening. Yeah. And this was we brought up the injury list in WB last week and he was still on it last week. So obviously something happened within the last week. Yeah, and what's interesting enough is even though like he was on that, like I said, he was still on the roster page. And, you know, it had been brought up that like a while back he had asked for his release and didn't get it. So did he ask for it again? Like there's a lot of questions here that I have, but it was honestly, it was really, really cool seeing that. It was a nice legitimate surprise is the way I put it in the group chat. And we don't get those anymore. No, the internet ruins everything. And I feel like we're part of that, but any, either way. Nah, we're spoiler free is the way to be. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Like I, I literally screamed when I saw Roderick Strong uh, uh, pop up on the Titantron. But I, if you look at the logo, it was like a R over an S. And I mean, if, honestly, I swear to God, I thought AEW saw, signed Sean Ross Sapp. <laughs> because of the way it was positioned. <laughs> that that would have been interesting. <laughs> Yeah, Sean Ross Sapp coming out to save Adam Cole. What a what a surprise. Um but yeah, must Roger be, Strong. Must, must be payback for Ariel Al- Alawahi showing up on WWE. <laughs> uh Roderick Strong signed AEW all elite. He'll be competing in his first match on Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday. Uh himself, Adam Cole, Bandito, and Orange Cassidy against the Jericho Appreciation Society and eight man tag match. And Roderick Strong has put on his social media that he is available for bookings. So he should be popping up on some indie shows. Hey, promoters, let's bring Roderick Strong in for a meet and greet. He's got an elite. I was just about to say that. It would make us figure fans very happy if someone would do that, please. 
And especially since some of us need to co complete the elite collection of an entire sign undisputed eras. Correct. You know, I'm one of those guys. Somebody get Kyle O'Reilly too, because we, we need him. <laughs> yeah, he's one I need too, actually, now that I think about it. Now that I think about it. I'm looking so, because they're on my wall, and now it's bothering me. Yeah, I don't have Kyle O'Reilly, but I have one Adam Cole figure done. And I've got Cole and Bobby Fish on the Undisputed box set, which is really cool. I just need Kyle's name. Kyle's I have, Elite. I have the base, or not the basic Kyle, but the standard Kyle in his Elite with the camo gear. Yeah. I don't think I have the chase now that I'm thinking about it. Well, you know me. If it's not in a chase, if it's not a chase. Wow. Holy fuck, did I fuck that up? You can oh, tell it's been a while. I was going to tell it's been a while since a, a figure show has gone on. Wow. If it's not in a case, you don't have a chase. It's been a while since I've said that. Like a tongue twister almost. Holy hell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I only have the Bobby Fish chase. That's going to fucking bother me. Jesus Christ. I got both Bobby Fish, but it also took a year to get. Yeah, we, we won't talk about that. We, we... I also want to know when Target's shipping these damn fucking Legends figures of Fatu, Samu, Hogan, and Paul E. Because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Speaking of that, I actually went to Target and I picked up the head shrinkers, the standard ones. So now I'm just waiting on Hogan, Paul E. And the, hopefully to find some chases. Yep, gonna need those. Definitely gonna need those. But Justin, I'm sure you know what time it is. Vader time? Yes. Actually, I have some exciting news. Ooh. So, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday, Thursday... I did something really, really cool. For those of you who know, I have been the ghostwriter for the Mr. Hughes autobiography. And I am happy to announce that it has been submitted to Kenny Casanova and WOHW Publishers. So with that being said, hopefully soon... The Mr. Hughes autobiography will be coming to an online store, a bookstore, a meet and greet near you. How about that? And it's been a long time coming on that book. There's a lot of interesting stories, ladies and gentlemen. The man was in WCW. The man was in... Eastern Championship Wrestling and Extreme Championship Wrestling. He was part of the World Wrestling Federation. Not once, not twice, but three times. He's trained a lot of wrestlers, Justin. You want to hear some of the some of the names? Because there's a lot of uh man's got a lot of names and championships. Let's hear him. Heath Slater. Oh baby. Odinson in NWA. Apollo Cruz. AR Fox. Jonathan Gresham. You might remember her as Priscilla Kelly, but you might know her now as Gigi Dolan. Exactly. There's a lot more names. A lot more. He's got a lot of people on TV right now. So it's just really cool to have been able to do it. And this is my first book. So there's that. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen... 
make sure you check us out each and every single week as podcast episodes drop on Wednesdays and on Fridays. Wednesday and Friday, 1230. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it. We're on the platform. It's perched on the top rope. You can find us on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope and at Injustin We Trust. You can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope, Instagram, Perched on the Top Rope Podcast, where we're posting nothing but hilarious memes and fun shit. You can find us on TikTok, Perched on the Top Rope, where we have several different segments on there running from Did You Know? That's a little satire, as uh, if you look at Juice Robinson and WCW's The Disciple, you'll realize that The Disciple is Juice Robinson's father. We do Selena Scenes, where we recreate the greatest moments in professional wrestling history, because Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 is one of the greatest wrestling moments in professional wrestling history, and you will not tell me otherwise. And if none of that tickles your fancy, well, you can go to TikTok at Perch on the Top Rope and watch the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. That's right. You heard me correctly. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. And for all of you fans who have kept us on your chartables, put us on your chartables, I want to thank you. Uh, Justin, I'm going to go down a list here. Because there is a lot of countries now. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. United States, United Kingdom, Canada, India, Mexico, Netherlands. Bosnia, Belgium, Germany, Ukraine, Brazil, Kuwait, and Norway. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out.